0: Hello and welcome to One Name at a Time. My name is Pez and I'm joined here by Ben. Hello. One Name at a Time is obviously the podcast where we pick a specific theme and uh, look at Premier League players that match that theme and try and put them together uh, to make a an 11. Um, this week, our theme is Brits Abroad, is what we've called it. So basically, we're going to be looking at British players who have played in the Premier League who have also played in Europe. Usual rules apply. Obviously, they have to be eligible to play for one of the, the British national teams, so England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland. Um, they don't have to be born in this country or any of those four constituent countries, but you know, that that has to be the team that they have to have played for, or at least be eligible to play for. They don't have to have had the, the best career in the Premier League, although I think most of these probably will have because they are not likely to have had the best career abroad, let's put it that way. And yeah, we'll we'll put them into a four-four-two, and we get a, a subs bench of uh, four players: so one goalkeeper, one defender, one midfielder, and one striker. Is that everything? And if it is, we can go to goalkeepers for Ben.
1: I, I think that's everything. So I'll I'll get straight in there with goalkeepers. Interesting that you say about players not necessarily having you know, <laughs> the most positive spells of their career um, overseas because that definitely applies uh, to this player, who seemingly around the time he went overseas, I don't think the move overseas was what caused his career to uh, sort of go downhill. But around that time, his career has just kind of been like dropping, dropping, drop from being like one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League to now kind of being, trying to fight for a reserve spot at a Premier League club. I have gone for Joe Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, Bit of, bit of a difficult decision, this one, but um, I went with Joe Hart because, like I said, I feel at one point, um, you know, when he was playing for Man City, when they were first starting to challenge for trophies, you know, he was playing for England. I felt that he was probably one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League. Yeah. Maybe, you know, questions about his distribution and, you know, a few other parts of his game, but I always felt, you know, great shot stopper, quite commanding, seemingly quite a good sort of like, you know, a very passionate personality, which... it's often good in a goalkeeper 75 caps for england you know is quite a lot um 348 appearances for manchester city where he won two premier leagues an fa cup and a league cup and then obviously he um wasn't fancied by pep guardiola went on loan to torino in italy and made 37 appearances for them and then since then kind of as i said gone from club to club fighting for a backup spot you know at one point i think he was burnley's third choice goalkeeper um Apparently, he's won four Premier League golden Gloves um and been in two Premier League team of the season. So it's 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 one of those sad situations where you say that now, and it's almost hard to believe that Joe Hart was actually that level of a player. Yeah. but he really was at one point. I remember um I can't remember which tournament it was England going into, but thinking that he was one of the England, uh, admittedly, it's England. so not necessarily always the strongest team. but I remember thinking he was one of the sort of real strong points for England, you know, and thinking, oh, my God, it's been so long since we've had a goalkeeper that's been that, you know, that's been one of our strong points. So really bizarre what happened to him. You know, it feels like Pep Guardiola kind of ruined his career because almost like not being rated by Pep Guardiola has meant that his confidence, maybe his confidence is just gone or like, who knows? But um, it's surprising because actually when Pellegrini first went to City, he dropped joe hart as well and we spoke about this when we spoke about willie caballero he came in and actually was fancied above joe hart by pellegrini and joe hart won his spot back so it is surprising it would be really interesting to know whether there has been you know there's not always a cause for these things but it'd be really interesting to see or to see if there was a cause for like this sort of dramatic plummet from you know where he was to where he is now
0: Yeah, I mean, I I also went with Hart as well. It was there's another one or two decent goalkeepers in in consideration here. Don't get me wrong, but I think Hart at his peak was better than both of these. Yeah. Yeah. But that peak was very short-lived and drastically ended. Um, I I mean, obviously goalkeepers make mistakes. They 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 get highlighted on them. That's that's the you know part of the job. But I don't think Hart has ever been particularly Worse than any other goalkeeper in terms of mistakes. Maybe the mistakes were notable ones at, like, important parts of the season or big games. But I don't seem to... I don't have that image of him in my mind as being, like, a mistake-prone goalkeeper. Yeah. He's, he's a little bit erratic. He's got that sort of, like, Pickford, maybe a little bit too passionate, calm it down a bit kind of aspect to him. But, like, I don't seem to see him as that kind of, yeah, mistake-prone goalkeeper that he may have got a bit of a reputation of as uh, maybe that that was maybe what caused the mistakes was him losing that confidence from from being dropped a couple of times with Man City. Um the Guardiola thing is definitely interesting because he seemed to almost favour a goalkeeper who was better with his feet than actually stopping shots in goal. Mm. Because he had like um ah, what was he called? The Bravo. the Chilean one. Bravo, that was it, yeah. Who, fair enough, yeah, you could pay, play a pass, got some decent distribution, but was genuinely not a great shot stopper. Whereas Hart, four golden gloves, even with a, a solid defence in front of you, you have to be a good goalkeeper to keep that amount of clean sheets and make those saves. Like, as, as we've seen with with like Liverpool, that back line for Liverpool, brilliant. But you put in someone like Carius or Adrian, it shows. It shows when yeah. it's not a good goalkeeper there. Like, Hart. Was clearly a good goalkeeper with a good defence in front of him. So yeah, it's 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 weird how how rapid the decline as well was. I, I think it was it wasn't just like oh you know a, 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 a few dodgy seasons. It was literally your Man City's number one. Oh now you're you're struggling to get into Burnley's team. It's yeah, it, it was weird.
1: But, and it was but, the fact <laughs> as well that like Southgate kept faith with him, didn't he? Yeah, with England for a while. But his England performances. Dropped as well. And it was weird because I remember when City, Guardiola came in and City dropped him. I kind of went, I don't think that's, you know, Hart's a good goalkeeper. They should persevere with him. He's better than Bravo. But then actually, his performances started, did start to decline. So, yeah, I, you know, like I said, there's not always a reason for when that happens in someone's career. But with Hart, it's so sort of inexplicable. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not like he had injuries or anything that I can remember. So, yeah, it's it's really bizarre, but um, yeah, like you said, I think definitely part of his prime was better than the other goalkeepers we ha- we had op- as options.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the main one I really had in in consideration was one who is kind of known for for being a bit of a, a mistake maker, and that's David James. Yes. Yeah. Um, he had a little uh, sort of end of career spell over in Iceland. Weirdly, I think he joined the same team that um, Herman Friderson was at. I think he you know, just
1: were they managed by Harry Redknapp?
0: <laughs> quite possibly, but I, I I seem to remember him um, going over there for a, a short spell. Obviously, had a big long career in the Premier League, uh, you know, basically twenty years, let's, you know, give or take. Uh, Fifty-three caps for England was England's number one for quite a bit of a, a prolonged time between maybe say like the sort of consistency of, of David Seaman and. Then Joe Hart, really, it was it, James kind of was, was the best keeper to, to plug that gap, really. Yeah, obviously, you know, F, FA Cup winner. Um, yeah, it, it was one of those ones who, like I said, bit bit mistake prone. But I think he's better than Scott Carson, who was the other real option I had here, at least the one that I I had that had actually maybe been capped by England. Um obviously we can look at other nations here, but I'd say Carson is better than the, the other non-English options had a little spell in Turkey um, only four England caps but has since played for well I don't know if he actually played but he's also one who's, who uh, had a bit of a spell at Man City I think hasn't he um, possibly as, he went somewhere as a backup
1: in,
0: in yeah I didn't mind Carter I don't think he was ever like really going to challenge for like the England number one spot but like you know solid Premier League mid-table goalkeeper I'd say but yeah, James had a little bit more to him, but maybe not as much as Joe Hart.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, you're definitely right. James and Carson are both goalkeepers who I associate with being error prone. Mm-hmm. James probably with the differentiation of he could, he could yeah, make a mistake that would cost you, but he could also quite regularly put in performances that would win you games. Yes. Um, whereas I don't really associate Carson with that as much. Um, the only other name i had was a scottish goalkeeper who i probably would put above carson and that's alan mcgregor who oh, okay. uh, had a spell at hull um, 148 appearances i think some of those were in the championship but he did play um in the premier league for them also played for B- Bajictas, um, oh, right, Okay, 27 appearances for them um but 42 caps for scotland and uh over 600 appearances in total his career including a lot of sp- A lot of time at rangers where he did actually must have been part of the last rangers team to win the scottish league was in a couple of team of the years up in scotland but i remember him being you know maybe not spectacular in the way that david james could be so i'd probably have david james above him but i remember him being pretty solid and pretty dependable Um, part of almost a generation of goalkeepers in scotland where they were, you know, you look at the likes of Craig Gordon and David Marshall, they're pretty pretty good goalkeepers. Um, capable of playing in the Premier League. So yeah, Alan McGregor was one that, you know, not never going to challenge Joe Hart, but I thought was definitely worth a mention.
0: Yeah, I overlooked McGregor by the by the looks of it, I haven't got him written down, but the non English one that I do have written down is Roy Carroll. Oh who had a little spell in Denmark, I think. Um yeah, obviously be- not you know, Northern Irish kind of famous for making a bit of a mistake but it didn't count that goal didn't count (laughs) (laughs) it was was yard over the line but it didn't count yeah he was was another one who was solid solid enough
1: technology in football isn't a good thing (laughs) yeah yeah,
0: I I, I don't think goal line technology is ever a good thing (laughs) Um, yeah he was another one who had a a bit of a spell in the Premier League probably better as maybe like a championship sort of goalkeeper but yeah he was all right. obviously he got quite a few caps for, for Northern Ireland so Yeah, he's uh, another one to think about.
1: (laughs) I had completely forgotten about Roy Carroll. (laughs) (laughs) I've blocked it out of my memory. Um... Moving into the defence with right back, who did you go for at right back? Quite a few options here. Yeah,
0: yeah, for a position which is kind of always a bit tricky for the teams that we try and put together Um, I think there was quite a a few options Um, again it's dominated by English players for me the one I ended up going with is maybe I mean I I don't think I'd be too unhappy to let you argue someone else's case for him I'm not massively set on him Um, but it's Kieran Trippier
1: that's who Um, I went for as well okay
0: so yeah he's obviously one who's currently playing abroad um, over with uh, Atletico Madrid in Spain. 23 England caps, one goal, one free kick in a World Cup semi-final. God, the highs highs of a career. Yeah, obviously, you know, pretty good for, for Burnley, Tottenham. Yeah, he's, I, I don't think he's... If, if he was maybe playing at a different time, he'd maybe be a bit more respected. I think there's a very good English... Sort of contingent of right backs at the moment who shade him out in sort of the the more defensive work, uh, like Carl Walker, um, Alexander Arnold. I think Trippier kind of g- gets a bit of a bum deal with them being so good. He, he's kind of like underappreciated with how good he can be. Um, he's one I've always really liked, but yeah, it, it, it's hard to sort of think of him as being a real standout option for a right-back starting position for England with the competition that's around?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, he's obviously one that Southgate likes because, I mean, he's played him at left-back quite a few times recently, mm. hasn't he? Um, I I think, yeah, you're right. Right-back's not really the position to play for England at the moment with, you know, the likes of Walker, Alexander-Arnold, um, James at Chelsea, Wamba Saka mm-hmm. at United. There's a lot of really good English full-backs. Yeah. And... Kieran Trippier, a little bit, maybe gets forgotten about. Maybe especially because he's not in England at the moment in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've always thought he's got, he, you know, he's solid defensively, but he's got great delivery. You know, he's someone who does add a kind of like attacking element to his game. You know, like he, he's good with set pieces. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, 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 I felt he was definitely the best option here. You know, like you said, 20-odd caps for England, but like over 300 appearances in his career. been pretty. You know, I thought he was very good for Spurs um, when he was there. The other names I had never really had that consistency or played sort of at that top level um, when you're looking at sort of like Champions League, international football. So um, the other names I had, I had Mika Richards, mm-hmm. um, who obviously sort of making a name for himself as a pundit at the moment. I won't say he uh, burst onto the scene because I know Roy Keane is a bit of a sort of clash between the two of them when Mika claimed that he burst onto the scene. But um, he, you know, obviously had a very bright start to his career, almost 250 appearances for Man City, won a Premier League with them, 13 appearances for England, you know, looked like he was going to either be the right back for, for England for the next 10 years or maybe even an option at centre back for them. Mm. But then I, I think it may be injuries at City and he ended up going out on loan to Fiorentina where he played 19 games for them. And then he went, came back with Aston Villa and never really, you know, nailed a place for himself in an Aston Villa team that was struggling and then ended up in the championship. So a bright start to a career. But even if you compare him to, to like Joe Hart, you know, Joe Hart was at the top level playing consistently for quite quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Mika Richards didn't really have that for me. Some of the other names I had, I, I, a couple that um, when we discussed this, when we were just des- deciding on this team, former Man United youngsters who had loan spells at Royal Antwerp <laughs> in uh, in Belgium, who obviously for a while were United's sort of feeder club. We did say we could include these. You know, Belgium is in Europe, <laughs> so I have uh, Phil Bardsley, who had a six um, appearance loan spell at Antwerp. Um, obviously, we know Phil Bardsley as a sort of tough tackling veteran of the Premier League who's played at every tough tackling side you can think of.
0: He is, he is Stoke City personified, isn't
1: he? Yeah. <laughs> or Burnley personified. Yeah. Um, Scottish international, apparently. 13 or, thirteen caps for them. Um, apparently, he did win Sunderland Player of the Year, but never an outstanding right back. Even though he did make a few appearances for United, never someone who you really looked at with. Yeah, he got a job done, but. Definitely didn't have the quality that the likes of Trippier and Richards had. And mm. the other one I had was Danny Simpson, who was obviously a Premier League winner with Leicester. Similar thing, you know, um, Man United, youngster, went out on loan to Antwerp, came back and sort of played in the Championship for a bit and then got into the Premier League and obviously did did well with Leicester's, but kind of disappeared now a little bit. Not actually sure where, where he's playing now, if he still is, but never capped for England. And while I th- felt Danny Simpson had a bit more to his game than Phil Bardsley... Not, definitely not as much to his game as as Trippier or or Richards.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I like Simpson, but he was like, for for that Leicester team. There were some standout players, and he kind of never was one of them. He like it solid, very yeah. you know, had a, had, a, had a good season with them, but didn't like set the world. alike. he was just good defensively and good as, as part of that team, but yeah, like, he, he he wasn't a, the Mahrez or the Vardy or the Kante of that team. It, it was just. Yeah, they're there to you know, be, be a steady a steady part of it, basically. Richards was probably the closest I had in, really, for, for challenging Trippier. But yeah, I think he, you kind of spoke about him there. Like, Trippier has definitely had a, a more consistent career, hasn't had that sort of drop-off that Richards had. But he also didn't really have that immediate spike where he came through as a youngster and everyone oh, yeah, he's, he's going to be amazing, which was, you know, always a bit of a curse for, for English players, isn't it? Um, So, yeah, if Richard's had that, then it it was always going to be a a sort of end, wasn't it? It wasn't going to go well for him if if people were thinking, oh, yeah, he's going to be um, a star. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Barsley. Another Scottish one I had was Alan Hutton. Oh, Um, yeah. I only kind of have him as a mention. He's not really, like, one I've I've really researched, but, yeah, he had a, a spell over in Europe somewhere. But, yeah, it was okay for and Villa was it but yeah yeah it, it was it was really between Trippier and Richards and Trippier I think is yeah he's definitely had a better better career so far
1: so if we move into center back for the partnership that I've gone for a couple of good options here <laughs> i so i'm confident in one of mine and the other one I'm not so confident so i have gone for former Leeds and Real Madrid center back Jonathan Woodgate alongside um former man united and royal antwerp center back johnny evans i'll go with evans first because evans is the one i'm kind of confident in here i think um one of the claims that man united might, fans might make um about sort of causes of the recent troubles at the club would be that perhaps some players were sold who shouldn't have been sold i think you look at the likes of maybe chicharito maybe danny welbeck you know, maybe like Angel Di Maria could have had more time. I think Johnny Evans is probably the best example of that, of a player that really since leaving United has gone from strength to strength. He obviously kind of reproved himself in the Premier League at West Brom, where they were often struggling, but he he did very well for them. And then he's gone to Leicester and really, you know, done done fantastically at Leicester, alongside mm-hmm. Harry Maguire at one point and now alongside Suyunsu. You know, he's become a really good player for them. 87 caps for Northern Ireland. Almost 200 appearances for Man United. But um, like I said, a short spell at Royal Antwerp, which qualifies him for this team. And over 400 appearances in total in his career. Still playing, obviously. But a very good centre-back, you know. Um, kind of got a bit of everything to his game. You know, good on the ball, can pass it out. Will get you a goal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, good in the air, pretty quick. Um, he did have a few performances at United, which were a bit suspect, but obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing. But I think when you look back at Johnny Evans, Phil Jones and Chris Smalling, and the fact that we kept Phil Jones and Chris Smalling is maybe a little bit surprising. Um, yeah. Yeah. If,
0: if, if his uh, like performances were a bit suspect, then um, yeah. What what were the others? You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, this is a player that, you know, I'm not saying Sir Alex always had the, the greatest judge players but sir alex was so confident in johnny evans that he let pk go back to barcelona was the story anyway so yeah johnny evans i'm pretty confident in johnny evans i you know i think really good player alongside him woodgate less so um jonathan woodgate's maybe one who gets remembered in a not so positive light because of his spell in spain with real madrid Um, (laughs) where i think on he, he waited sort of a long time to make his debut he signed for them when he was injured. And then I think it was like six months or more. I don't know whether he played for them in his first season at the club. But then when he finally did play for them, I think he scored an own goal and got sent off. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I feel like when he came back, made his return from his suspension, I feel like he may have like scored another own goal or something. Um, Very unfortunate with injuries as well. You know, never really recovered from that with Madrid. Did go on to play for... Borough, and was it? I, I don't know whether Newcastle. I think Newcastle was before he joined Madrid. Obviously, played for Spurs, where he did win a League Cup with them. But he, he scored never the, really... scored
0: the winning goal in that League Cup. I think. I think he got smacked in the face with the ball, and it went in. <laughs> I Best don't think he intentionally scored a bit. Like it, yeah, it came off his head. So. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, you know, a bit, a bit unfortunate, really, that he had the injuries that he did, um, because. Real Madrid obviously signed him for you know. generally, I mean, it's not always true, but Real Madrid don't usually sign terrible players Um, and he was really good, you know, he's part of that Leeds team that we've discussed previously that was very good, very good to watch and was good at Newcastle as well when he was there, only eight caps for England, he was a time a time we look back with great envy now where England had fantastic centre-backs you think of the likes of Campbell and Ferdinand and maybe one other that I don't really want to talk about jamie carrigan <laughs> two others I really know. <laughs> um but yeah ledley king um <laughs> so probably if he had if it had been for the injuries and maybe for some of the competition i think he would have been a player who played a lot more for england yeah. um but yeah just one of those careers that's uh, unfortunately kind of been spoiled by injury and maybe uh, you can't blame you can't blame a player for going to real madrid can you um no, no. <laughs> but yeah so I, I went for woodgate and evans
0: okay yeah I mean woodgate was definitely my consideration Evans is, is one I, I did go as, as a starter um I actually read a, a thing on BBC just this week obviously with with Northern Ireland playing in the you know Euro qualifying playoffs which obviously they you know lost but yeah there, there was a, an article there was about um Johnny Evans and his sort of like international career and how he'd like settled in and, and how he'd you know grown through obviously come through like the same time as like um, Aaron Hughes and like the impact he had on him and stuff. It was it was an interesting little read for a player that you kind of yeah you don't appreciate is actually as good as he is. But maybe because he is Northern Irish. If, if he played for England, you'd, you'd probably hear hear about him non-stop from you know all the press. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah Evan, Evans was was a, a go-to for me with um, this one, but Woodgate I had to bench um, just because I had Des Walker. Obviously, a bit of an older player, more sort of 80s into into 90s, yeah. Who had a little spell in Italy with Doria. I think his kind of main club in England, at least from my knowledge, because obviously, like I say it was a bit before my time most of his career. But I remember him being uh, associated with Sheffield Wednesday. 59 caps for, for England, um, won a couple of League Cups, which I'm pretty sure one, at least one of those was with Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but the most notable thing here is that he got into four team of the years. I'm not necessarily saying those were due in the Premier League, but that is quite an achievement for, you know, a, a defender playing at the top level to be considered, you know, one of the best in the league for, for four seasons. Uh, even back-to-back or, or separately is... is yeah that, that, that's a big deal like even getting to one is is impressive so I, I i haven't seen a huge amount of him but it's definitely a name that i know of mm. um and I, I really couldn't overlook that um when you know trying to compare it for at least on the, an individual level comparing that to players who've maybe won more you know team trophies let's put it that way
1: yeah um he, like he was a name i overlooked kind of like you said a bit perhaps before my time though i do have vague recollections of him playing for sheffield wednesday so obviously did overlap a little bit but um yeah you know like you said it's a name that you just you just recognize don't you and you just mm-hmm. associate even if you necessarily didn't watch him play you know kind of the reputation that he had uh did you have any other other names that you wanted to consider
0: Obviously, we just spoke about uh, Smalling in passing, obviously, he's one who's now currently playing abroad um, with Roma, he's, you know, like you say, he's, yeah, a, a bit um, bit inconsistent, but it seemed to maybe turn his career around a little bit since going abroad, which when you're playing in Italy and you, you're a defender and you seem to be doing well, not a bad sign, I guess. Um, mm. Probably. Weirdly, the fact that we've also lost, you know, sold Evans and sold Smalling, that Jones is the last one of those left at the club.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, A yeah. couple of Premier League titles for Smallin', FA Cup, League Cup, Europa League, part of that sort of. Did he come in when. Yes, yeah, he must have done Came in when, when Ferguson was there cause he came mm. over from Fulham, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I. Obviously, it's, it's been part of the sort of post-Ferguson era Um, so maybe there was a a bit of extra pressure on him that has has maybe I don't know uh, affected his his career a little bit from what was actually a very promising start I thought um, when he when he first joined United he he, he seemed to be not necessarily a Ferdinand replacement but in that sort of mold of of being happy with the ball at his feet and yeah being strong and commanding Um, obviously lost that a little bit but yeah not not a bad centre-back you know in comparison to, to many others who, who play the game same with uh like Julian lescott um had a little spell over in greece um eric dyer obviously um basically b- began his career in portugal didn't he um so yeah th- th- those were the other two who were really close to you know tr- trying for this team but yeah they're the ones who i mean like 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 in dyer's case it's um yeah, he's not a club that's really won any trophies, so it's hard to compare that to, like, the Smalllins and Lescott who have obviously a couple of Premier League titles apiece and FA Cup and that kind of stuff. It's, yeah, even though he obviously has more caps than, than both the players that I've, I've just mentioned. It, I don't know. He's a bit like Trippier, I guess. He's, he's one that I've, I've always kind of liked, but there's always been other players in the positions that he play, including, like, a sort of defensive midfielder that he can also play, uh, who are just much better than him to maybe yeah m- maybe make it look like he's not as good as he is if that makes sense
1: yeah yeah um eric dyer i definitely had i had him down as a center back even though i probably see him more he probably plays more as a centre mid mm. now um definitely more chance of getting in here but yeah i i'd go with that he's not a good player that's not outstanding or even a good player that's not very good maybe you would say um smalling i, I I think Chris Smalling is a fantastic defender, but I don't know whether he has that much to his game, and I think that's ultimately where it didn't work out for him in the end of Man United. You know, Solskjaer obviously wants defenders who can play out, and that's not Chris Smalling's strength. He did often get caught, but in terms of aerial dominance, very strong in the air. Mm-hmm. And, you know, under Van Hal, he really had a spell where he might have been known as Mike Smalling, but he um, <laughs> he was fantastic. On that. I remember Van Hal's first season when we got into the Champions League. Smalling was what, people might laugh at this, but he he was really one of the better defenders in the league. Mm. Um, great anticipation, great reading of the game. It, at times, it would seem like no one could get past him. You know, he'd just, he'd just go, step in and nick the ball really well, but. I think when you're looking for players to be more progressive, and I, this is probably the reason he hasn't featured for England recently, is that he he doesn't have that ability that as much as people love to jump on his back. Harry Maguire can bring a ball out for you. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, Michael Keane can bring a ball out for you. Uh, Tyrone Mings definitely can. You know, um, at United, the likes of Victor Lindelof can. Even you know, Phil Jones. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those players that you know people might jump on on your back for suggesting, but. You know, Phil Jones is better on the small than is better is better on the small than Chris Balling. is better, <laughs> on the, better on the ball than Chris Smalling, And that's really you know, I'm glad he's gone to Roma. I was a massive advocate of him not staying at United. Not because I don't think that he's a decent player who could be a squad player for us, but I think if he can go and play first team football for a big club like Roma and do well, I think that's always more positive than having a player who's maybe not playing and maybe not that fancied by the manager and the fans like i'd rather him go and be appreciated so happy for him in that respect uh, the only other names i had um a couple of other royal antwerp uh, <laughs> ones i had ryan shawcross uh, stoke city legend um again one who's kind of you know uh, faded a little bit into obscurity but was a really good center back for stoke while they were in the premier league one england cap maybe a bit l- unlucky not to get a couple more and the other one I had was Craig Cathcart, who I think is currently in the Premier League with um, Watford. No, was in the Premier League last season, sorry. Yes, yeah. Uh, now in the Championship with Watford. But a, dec- a decent centre-back. Uh, maybe not Johnny Evans' level, but um, part of that sort of Northern Ireland team. But yeah, you know, when you're talking about the likes of Cathcart and Shawcross, they're, you know, the level below probably Smalling and Dyer, who are the level below <laughs> yes, the players yeah, that yeah, we were yeah. talking about in the first team, so didn't really get a look in that much but worth a mention
0: i thought yeah yeah there's i mean there was, it was surprising how many defenders have actually gone abroad i mean when, when you think of like some of the yeah you know, like, like germany and, and italy like some of those leagues are actually kind of they've got a bit of a reputation for, for being good defensively which doesn't always you know fit fit the english mold of, of a player but, like yeah anton Ferdinand played abroad for a little bit um Barry venison's a bit of an old one but obviously you know a few England caps and that, that kind of that kind of deal yeah there, there was there was a few others around who you know it may have even been a surprise that they they, they did go and play abroad because they you know seem to do it right in England but uh, yeah there's like you said there's there's levels to to the game and um yeah players like Des Walker, woodgate Evans uh above some of the other options yes. around.
1: So, left-back, I feel like this may have been a bit one-sided, but um, who did you go for?
0: And, yeah, the, from the point that I just said, English defenders who play left-back don't tend to sort of travel well. I literally only found three who were... I, I even knew, basically. <laughs> One of which uh, was... Very good left-back. Probably actually the best left-back in the world for a little period. But didn't actually do massively well over in Italy. Um Another one who went to to Roma. Uh, Ashley Cole. 107 England yeah. caps. Obviously, yeah, he played, played in the Premier League for a lot of years. Um Obviously, Arsenal, Chelsea. Uh, three Premier League titles, seven FA Cups. I think that's the most of any individual player. I think he, he still has that record. Uh, League Cup, Champions League. Another one who got into four team of the, team of the years. So, like I said, for, for Walker, that's an achievement. Obviously, Ashley Cole four team of the years. You knew how good Ashley Cole was because you watched him and the teams you're yeah. played for. And so, like to for that sort of comparison to argue Walker's case, fair enough. But yeah, like no one. I mean, you you could put in players who weren't British and played abroad, and most of the times Ashley Cole would be your first choice left back from players who have played in the Premier League. Like, he could he could easily argue that he's the best left-back to have ever played in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we've mentioned it before when talking about players like Patrice Evra, where we, you know, we'd make the claim, oh, you know, Patrice Evra was, you know, perhaps for a couple of seasons, the best left-back in the Premier League. But it always the kind of question of, yeah, but I mean, Ashley Cole was playing at the same time. And realistically, I do think he was probably the best left-back in Premier League history. It's it's hard because I would also then look at like someone like Dennis Irwin, mm. um, who probably brought more going forward, at least in terms of goals and assists, than Ashley Cole did, but mm. he was just such a well-rounded you know, he did bring stuff going forwards, just maybe not it didn't materialize in goals, but he was an excellent defender, you know, he famously seemed to just dominate Cristiano Ronaldo every time he played him whether for England against Portugal or for Chelsea against Man United, Ronaldo very rarely got the upper hand against him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, fantastic player. And I think if, if we were doing a Premier League eleven, just an all-time Premier League eleven, which maybe we will do at some point, I think he would probably be the favourite for that position. So, yeah, completely understand you going for him. And to be honest, I can't really think of many other players. I think the only other name I had was another Royal Antwerp um former <laughs> player i honestly didn't just look up for Roland. But, uh, <laughs> it um, helped yeah. though didn't it it did, help, it did help. Um, but i don't know whether he qualifies because he um actually was an international for gibraltar which is okay, obviously yeah. a british like overseas territory but not sure it counts um but that was danny higginbottom but he's never he's never getting in instead of ashley cole so you know worth it maybe worth a little mention but like yeah Um, It doesn't really matter whether he's eligible or not because I was obviously always going to go for Colt.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I do have one who did actually get an England cap, um, one England cap, and that's Michael Ball. Um, Obviously, another another Man City one. um, Relatively solid for a Man City team that was a bit yo-yo-y at the time, I guess. He played in the Netherlands. I think it was maybe PSV or someone. Either way, he won the Eri Divisie when he was there. I don't know if it was a loan or if it was a little, like... Spell from, I, I, I don't know, I didn't really look it up because as soon as Ashley Cole would played abroad, I was like, Well, there's no competition. Um, but he, yeah, he, he played in Europe and won a European League title, which not many tend to do actually. So, you know, kudos.
1: Any other names that you had?
0: Uh, it, it's <laughs> one that I only really know as a name in passing, it's Scott Minto. That's,
1: it. <laughs> that's it, that's it, that's, that's done. <laughs> So, centre-midfield, uh, where we'll probably have more options than left-back anyway. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think there might be, maybe there'll be some discussion here, who knows. There's quite a lot of names. I've ended up going for two, well, yeah, two 90s, maybe one's a bit more 80s, um, but two 90s England, I'd say legends, probably, um, in Paul Gascoigne and Paul Ince, the two Pauls. Paul and Paul. Um, you've got a nice balance, I think, here. I know NC was a very box-to-box type of player, but he could probably cover defensively for Gascoigne being a bit more um, offensive in this instance. Very offensive offensive. Is in terms of, <laughs> in terms of his play, not just his personality. Um, obviously, Gascoigne's like... He's almost like... You know, obviously not the same level of player as George Best, but he's almost like England's equivalent, isn't he? Or England's equivalent of Maradona, that incredibly talented individual player who... Had lots of problems off the field, and yeah. probably we didn't see, or at least we didn't see the best of him for maybe as long as we should have done.
0: Yeah, he's one of those ones that sort of almost transcends it, just on his sort of like personality and the, the, the whole sort of aura of Paul Paul Gascoigne. Gascoigne is like has a thing of, of best as well, doesn't he? And Maradona, there's there's more there's more than just the the fantastic player to them, which makes them just yeah, there's, there's something. You know? <laughs>
1: I, I mean, I was watching um, someone talk about stories in the press about footballers at the moment and he was basically claiming that all the best players are nutters and while I wouldn't necessarily agree <laughs> I think because you know, like Cristiano Ronaldo, I mean maybe he is a nutter in his own way I'm like he's crazily obsessive but Messi, I probably wouldn't describe Messi as a nutter, but that being said, you look at the likes of you know, the likes of Gascoigne, Best Maradona, Cantona, you know, Ronaldinho, these these players <laughs> were perhaps a bit off, off the wall, but that was part of where their great talent came from. Maybe even someone a bit like Wayne Rooney, who, you know, was a hothead and did get himself into a lot of trouble. Mm. But that was part, you know, his, his sort of fiery temperament, especially in his early days, was part of what made him such a great player. So Paul Gascoigne, sorry, before I, I completely lose it, it definitely falls into that category. Uh, 57 England caps obviously should have been more than that I think we can all agree 10 goals including obviously that fantastic one against Scotland played for a number of different clubs in the Premier League including Newcastle and Tottenham mainly Borough probably Borough and Everton in my lifetime Um, over 450 appearances in total including a spell at Lazio which qualifies him for this team also did play at Rangers as well Um, back when Scottish football was slightly more relevant than it is now one uh, PFA Young Player of the Year and two Team of the Years so I think those were in the first division um, he also got a World Cup team of the tournament yeah you know an incredible talent I think Ferguson possibly before he signed Cantona was after Gascoigne maybe um, or maybe it was after Cantonar right, yeah. left he looked at Gascoigne but one of, the, one of those players a bit like Letizia a bit like Shearer who potentially could have ended up at United at some point but didn't but yeah you know, great individual talent. You know, again, a bit like I said when we did Argentina with Veron. Go and watch a video on YouTube if, if you haven't seen and just look at some of the stuff he did. Great touch, great skill, good finisher, you know, good engine as well in the middle of the park. Mm. You don't really see too many players like that now because obviously in the modern game, I guess he'd probably be designed to be a number 10, wouldn't he? Yeah. But yeah, uh, a, a, a great player and a shame that we didn't probably see more of him in our lifetime because of other issues. And alongside him, Paul Ince, um, 53 caps for England, two goals, famously part of the Man United team that really established Sir Alex Ferguson's sort of reign there, Um, 280 appearances for them, then famously left and joined Inter Milan because of Nicky Butt coming through. Short spell at Inter Milan, 70-odd appearances there. Then, even more famously... (laughs) came back uh, to the Premier League uh, with Liverpool Um, and played for a few different clubs before sort of retiring but um, again three Premier League team of the years a Man United player of the year a West Ham player of the year sometimes now he's sort of moved into punditry I don't always agree with what he says Um, but a big part of that United team no doubt a big part of a team with a lot of characters quite an old school team um, with you know the likes of Mark Hughes and Gary Pallister Roy Keane. So, yeah, I, I felt that alongside Gascoigne, he was really the best choice.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's this was definitely our richest area for for this team, wasn't it? I think you've you've probably gone the most sensible tactical way of doing this centre mid. Like, I, obviously, we we try to to pick a, a sub before we we really start doing this and. I actually had Int as my sub because I went a bit a bit overboard and um considered another attacking player to go alongside Gascoigne, which definitely wouldn't work tactically, but for yeah, actually trying to put a team together, I think Int and Gascoigne is probably the, the strongest um that you could possibly put together in in terms of players that complement each other. You've just waxed lyrical about both those players. I mean there's not much more I can I can really add other than the fact that I mean we've we've mentioned a lot of players here who have gone over to Italy. Many went over to Italy before Paul Gascoigne, but it was the fact that Gascoigne went over that we got football Italia and you know Channel Four covering highlights. If Gascoigne hadn't gone over, the interest wouldn't have even been there to to have you know the, you know the focus on on the Italian league. So we, we wouldn't we'd have missed out on you know James Richardson in his pink newspapers if he hadn't gone over to Italy. So just just think about that the, you know the impact. I'd of that, have missed the,
1: out on you know. Um... Oliver Beerhoff and... George Weyer. Yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that great Milan team of the sort of late 90s, early 90s.
0: Exactly. So, yeah, my... Like I said, I'm, I'm definitely happy to put in Stout, the start, but the one I think KU can comes closest to, to really getting into this is Glenn Hoddle. One who could play on the wide positions, more of a number 10. Like, it was, it was a difficult one this week because we have so many good midfielders but I went with him more centrally to, because he had to be in for, for me even if he's on the bench but like just one of those players who like yeah it, we, we mentioned how you know, players getting into multiple teams as he got into five obviously went over to France uh, more, more known here for you know, spells with Tottenham and being England manager before he, he ruined his you know chances there um a couple of fa cups UEFA cup one league uh, like we said there, there aren't many of these players who actually went abroad and, and won the you know the, the title of the league they went to play and so you know that's uh that was a, a, a good sign there that he, he he was successful abroad as he was in england yeah another, another one of the, one of those ones who was like a sort of it's almost like a golden generation wasn't it that sort of like 80s into 90s england team and he's one of those ones that always stands out as, as being such a talented player. You know what? I don't I don't want to say it as a bit of a cliche, but like you know, one of the best that Englands ever produced. That kind of thing. So yeah, I, there, there's there's always going to be a place for him in this team for me. I think.
1: Yeah. Um. I actually didn't consider Glenn Hoddle because, um, I'd kind of forgotten. No, I'd forgotten about Glenn Hoddle, but um, he's not someone I associate with the Premier League. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was only a couple I'm of seasons
0: not... he was there, and probably yeah. more as a player manager as well. But...
1: Um, so for me, probably a bit before my time. And um, whereas Ince, I definitely remember Ince playing. Um, maybe not necessarily for Man United, but definitely for Liverpool and um, the clubs after that. I think Borough and Wolves. Uh, obviously, yeah, Hoddle, you know, fantastically talented player. I think, again, and I, here I'm not really speaking about my personal experience of them. I would probably to try and keep a bit of variety in that midfield, I would probably go for Hoddle or Gascoigne, and I'd, I'd go for Gascoigne over Hoddle, I think. Mm. Um, but that's not saying he's not a fantastic, he wasn't a fantastic player. I just, I don't think I have that memory, like that experience of him. Yeah, uh, yeah. To sort of be able to to talk about him. Was was there any other other players that you had that you
0: considered? Yeah, this is where I've got the most sort of stacked bit on my notes, really. Um, I've got a few of yeah, there, there seemed to be a, a, a bulk of players who, who, who went uh, abroad in sort of like, you know, uh, late 80s to early 90s. So there are players like David Platt, mm. um, who won a, a Player of the Year award over in England, um, team of the year, won a Premier League title, you know, sco- scored... Um, uh, an extra time goal against was it spain or belgium he, he, he scored something that you know got us through to a, a world cup semi i think it was um so he, he has a, a bit of folklore around him um 62 caps 27 goals played over in italy uh ray wilkins um obviously a a, a defensive midfielder here of, of, you know it's a bit of a rarity in, in this selection um played in italy in france uh won an fa cup 84 caps Probably one of the most capped players in in this list. Uh, yeah, Steve McManaman, obviously a little bit later in yeah. in the nineties, but you know went over to to Real Madrid. Could could play out wide, but I think his more preferred position was kind of like as an attacking midfielder. But one that I always actually really liked, even though he played for Liverpool, Man City. But yeah, his, his time with with Madrid was actually very impressive. Um, yeah, when, they won really twice he almost... two Champions Leagues. He got into a, a Premier League team of the year. It's almost a shame you, you only played for Liverpool. You might have had a Premier League title if you didn't. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, McManaman, funnily, was he's a bit of a cult hero, I think, at Madrid.
0: Um, mm. like, a bit like woodgate to be
1: fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think in a more positive light, <laughs> than Like they, they like, were. You know, he had a really great re- uh, relationship, I think, with the Madrid fans. Um, mm. uh, sort of in the era, maybe building up to the Galacticos era. But when I was researching it I was reading a bit about his time in Madrid and you know apparently all the you know you think of the players there Figo and Zidane all of those players really respected McManaman for sort of like what he brought to the team so yeah probably not one I would have in you know like you said over the likes of Gascoigne and stuff but you know perhaps a bit of an underrated player mm-hmm. I mean you've generally named sort of older players Oldenies.
0: yeah, like I said, there was a, a it seemed like there was a bit of a spell in that late 80s where basically every good player that England produced in the midfield went. Up-
1: <laughs> you definitely look at the likes of like it doesn't come for this team, um, but you look at the likes of like Gary Lineker as well, obviously had a spell overseas as well. Mm-hmm. It did seem more common than it is, definitely than it was in the sort of noughties, um, for players to go overseas from England. Um, I have a couple of players from more recent times, um, yeah. that I just thought I'd mention. Owen Hargreaves obviously started out at Bayern over 200 appearances for Bayern over 40 caps for England joined Man United and then injuries just destroyed his career but shame that they did because I think he would have definitely had more of a shot at getting in this team if he had not had those injuries you think at the time he played for United was a time when I think in the midst of when we won those three back-to-back leagues and obviously we won the Champions League in his first season Hmm. um he could have been a part of sort of ferguson's well he was a part of but he could have been a bigger part of ferguson's last great man united team um so that's a bit of a shame also um we've mentioned him in previous weeks so i won't go into him too much but aaron ramsey obviously is currently at juventus a a very good player been brilliant for wales and been brilliant in the premier league with arsenal as well and then really we just we sort of go down into names that aren't really worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah. When you've got this amount of players, so I, I won't go into any more. But I thought it was more recent options, especially considering a lot of our options here are sort of pre, you know, turn of the century. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like worth mentioning uh, Hargreaves and Ramsey.
0: Yeah, like like we when we say, we always have a bit of an idea of who could be in a team before we start putting it together. And obviously, when you think more recently, that, that's like what, what you look at. So I was thinking, oh, Joey Barton might be in this team.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah, Jerry Byrne was one of ours I'm just not going to mention. <laughs> yeah, like Mason Mount had a, a, a spell abroad on loan, didn't he? With uh, Vitesse, was it, or whatever? So, like, yeah. th- those are the players you're going, oh, yeah. And then, then once you start building it up and researching it, you go, oh, God, yeah, these I aren't think getting close. I, I mean, Vin- Vinny Jones played abroad. Michael Thomas, obviously, you know, scored, scored the, the goal that won Arsenal the, the league on, like, the sort of last minute of the, the season, or whatever it was. Like, players who have, have got, you know, had, had a fair career, a bit of a reputation, where, like, it's nowhere near this, aren't
1: they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think when we first thought of this team, my centre midfield in my head was Owen Hargreaves and Paul Ince, which is probably the opposite problem of we have now. Of you know, that was probably a bit too defensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was you know who I had in my head when we first decided the team, and obviously then I was like, oh yeah, what about Gascoigne and, and those players? So yeah, okay, well we'll we'll return to that. You know, we have to decide who we're going for at centre back. We'll maybe return to decide centre midfield. Um you can go for the right side. Again a bit similar to our left back. I don't think there's going to be a lot of discussion here. Um
0: I mean there there, there could be. Um there is one standout option, but I think there's a, a couple of others who were strong strong players but not necessarily at the same level. David Beckham is the obvious go-to here as a right midfielder. Maybe not necessarily on the same level as Ashley Cole when you think all-time Premier League right midfielder would be David Beckham. There's probably more more competition here uh, for, for, for such a role if we ever did a, a team like that in, in the future. Um, obviously, played yeah, almost a decade in the Premier League, 115 caps. Probably played in the most countries of, of everyone here. Obviously, uh, Real Madrid uh, in Spain uh, had a short spell with um, Milan, um, PSG as well. So, he, he he's played in three other top European leagues, and I think other than Serie A, he's he's, he's won the more. I mean, he's six Premier League titles. He's won La Liga. He won Liga with with PSG, Champions Leagues. Uh, another one who's got multiple Premier League Team of the Year appearances. Uh, yeah, like, like I said, we had all like you know sort of like one of the best Englands ever produced. I think you could you could definitely put Beckham into that consideration just on you know, the, the, the standard that he played at and the longevity of his career. I mean, he obviously when he went over to America and, and had such a, an impact there with, with the MLS, not that that's what has got him into this team, but the fact that he played in the MLS and then went, I oh, do no, I'll, I'll have another spell in in, in Europe and still mm. did well. It's you know, the, the only other player I can really think who's actually had that sort of Way of playing is is uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Ibihamovic obviously yeah. now now back at, at another one who's played for Milan and Bierci, um, but yeah,
1: and like, Man he, United, imagine,
0: yeah yeah uh, yeah imagine if to play for Real as well yeah yeah instead of Barca
1: yeah
0: <laughs> but yeah so I mean like you know, there, there, there's like I said there there are a few there, in fact there's actually a lot of right midfield options but no one on the same level as, as Beckham or even the other two I'd, I'd I'd looked at but yeah like it it, it was. It's easy to put Beckham in here. I I don't think there's going to be many
1: complaints. No, I mean, I think David Beckham is one of those I often find myself having to defend because people don't seem... People remember the celebrity David Beckham. Yeah. They don't remember the player David Beckham. I remember when he retired after the spell at PSG, reading an article that made me really angry because they said, oh, he made the best of what little talent he had. And I went that's an absolutely ridiculous statement to make about one of the best passes of the ball, the game's ever seen. Yeah, like yeah. I can't think of anyone who was as dangerous from set pieces as David Beckham from with crosses, you know, he was so good and yeah. Okay. He wasn't the quickest. I mean, you know, I, I think it's unfair to say he wasn't good in the air because I do remember him getting a few headed goals, but he, he wasn't like, you know, a physical player, but he was so good at that one aspect of his game. well, not at that one aspect you know those very closely linked aspects you know set pieces and crossing and uh passing he was so good that he transformed he scored goals as well he scored a lot of goals in his time at united um 85 goals in 394 appearances which for a, a wide player in a four-four-two, is excellent
0: yeah that, that's what you think that like you, you compare like beckham now would probably try to be pushed out to be like a, a, a right forward wouldn't he the fact that he was that well, it, really, it, if, yeah, he was a right midfielder. Like that, 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 was his position. Play
1: now, in in sort of a modern game, he would be if you played a four three three, he would be in the midfield three on the right hand side, wouldn't he? He wouldn't be. Probably, yeah, yeah, because like yeah. the lack
0: of pace would 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 be detrimental to him playing that sort of like Sancho type role. So, yeah,
1: but yeah, he, um, you know, and just you know some of the goals he scored were absolutely ridiculous. It's obviously the one from the halfway line, but there's a, a couple of like great little chip finishes and stuff as well. Mm. But there's one pass for Ronaldo when he was at Madrid which is just like the most bend I've ever seen on a football um, yeah. and great vision to even think of doing that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I do defend him quite a lot because I think he's someone who doesn't get remembered as the great player that he was. Um and as well. Again, you know, maybe there's you could pick apart his personal life but I always felt like as a character he was a good leader I mean not in the same way that like Roy Keane was but he was someone who never you never really saw Beckham with his head down sulking you know he always put a shift in he always did his defensive work he always tried to do what was best for the team and yeah it was a lead from example thing wasn't it with Beckham yeah even though like he had this big personality this big celebrity status you never felt like it was for him it was all about him Mm. you know um, he always put the team first when he was on the football pitch, and yeah, a uh, terrific player. And um, on the one hand, I'm sad that he left Man United when he did, but I think it was definitely the right thing for him to do um, for his career. You know, he went on to play for, like you said, Madrid, Milan, PSG, to sort of like reignite soccer in the US. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm interested to see who the other players you had were because. The two players that I had, I'm, I'm guessing you've thought up some players maybe from an older generation. Yeah. I had uh, Ashley Young, who is probably better known as a left-sider, but to balance things, I put him here on the right, who, you know, decent, well, a good player Premier League level, gets a lot of stick, but applied himself well to reinvent himself at Man United after a very good spell at Aston Villa as an attacking player. Obviously, eventually ended up as more of a fullback, but um, playing at Inter Milan currently, and by all, by all reports, doing quite well over there. Two Premier League teams of the year, but and a Premier League Young Player of the Year, um, and a Premier League title, a couple of other trophies at United, but not the same level as David Beckham. I think it's it's safe to say. And I mean, the only other name I had was Jermaine Pennant, who never made an appearance for England, did play for Liverpool, but only eighty odd times. Played for Real Zaragoza twenty odd times. Never really was a bit of a sort of young talent, but never really, um, never really did it at the top level consistently.
0: Yeah, um, the two that I really had in, in most consideration, at least that I've written notes down for, um, is neither of those. I'm not, um,
1: surprised.
0: I have young on on the left, so like, yeah, yeah, fair enough. The young is definitely within the bounds of this team, pennant, no, but <laughs> <laughs> the, like what you said, it's. It, 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 it's, prob- it's probably an older one, and it is. It's Chris Waddle. Ah, um, oh, yes, of
1: course,
0: yeah. Yeah, Hoddle and Waddle. Obviously, that's the the Diamond Lights combo there. I'm, I'm not a bad song. Um, 62 caps for England, played in France. Uh, he won three league title, so actually did all right abroad. Probably did better abroad than he did in, in England. Um, two Team of the Year appearances. Actually, a Player of the Year award. I don't know whether it was like the... Um, you know the PFA, or it might be like a writer's one or whatever. But you know, to be considered by someone to be the best player in the league is always an achievement. Like I, I think I've mentioned that before for for someone else. Didn't play in the Premier League a huge amount. Um, obviously more known as, as as an '80s player, but I, I I still think Beckham is above him when like like we say about like levels of, of yeah. as as good as Waddle was. I don't think. Um, he was ever Beckham's level, at least for sort of the, the longevity of, of the career. So yeah, he, he was the one who was it was closest to, to being in this team. The other is Aaron Lennon, who is currently over in Turkey. He's only played a few times for oh, whatever. He, yeah, obviously yeah, 21 caps. He was part of that sort of. I don't want to say post Beckham, but he was he came through. It's like sort of like Sean Phillips, in, a new right midfielder for England for. To fill the Beckham hole that we knew was coming um and neither of them really seemed to to work but you know played played a long time in, in the Premier League played for many different clubs yeah. always a player that I've kind of liked maybe one that maybe didn't reach his potential obviously had a few personal issues so that that, that could always play in 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 there but it was nice to see him come back for Burnley and, and do okay for them um I hope things work out for him in Turkey you know he's he's, he's one of those players that you know you 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 want to have like like you say with Smalling, it's, it's, it's nice to see them go and, and do something at a club where they you know, they 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 do well rather than being, you know, just a, a bench option for like a, a top number and whatever. So yeah, it's, yeah, he's he's playing abroad.
1: <laughs> I always liked Aaron Lennon as well, like maybe slightly one dimensional, um, in terms of his play, but he, you know, maybe he lacked a bit of end product. But was you knew what he gave you, didn't you? You knew mm. he was that hard working, quick player down the right hand side who could cause trouble for defenses yeah I, he was always one that I quite liked I had no idea he was, I, I guess I assumed he was still at Burnley Um mm. but you know hope yeah like you said hopefully he does well over in Turkey because that'd be good to see I'll move on to the left if you're if you're happy to go with with that
0: yeah yeah I mean the, the only other right options I had were yeah probably not really worth it I mean, like there they're, I'd, I'd, I'd consider Jermaine Pennant above them so
1: yeah oh, <laughs> if you'd considered Jermaine Pennant above them I, I think we're good Um, (laughs) so on the left a similar I don't know about you but with the wide areas I had a similar thing this week where there wasn't that much competition (laughs) again this is a player we've spoken about before so I won't wax lyrical about them for a long time it's Gareth Bale uh, Wales International Former? does he count as a former Real Madrid player now?
0: he's technically still there isn't he they're they're probably playing more of his wages than Tottenham are so
1: probably yeah um But obviously, you know, professional golfer or whatever. Yeah, you know, we've spoken before about how he's really one of the talents of his sort of generation of players. And it's a bit of a shame that things, say things didn't work out at Madrid. They obviously did. He did all right. (laughs) They maybe didn't end over the past couple of years how you'd have liked to seen. But he's back in the Premier League with Spurs now, finding his way to fitness and sort of seeing how he fits in with Harry Kane and... um, and uh, son and and those players, so good to see him back in the Premier League. And yeah, great player. I won't go on massively about him though because we've covered a lot a lot of ground before with him.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was it was an easy pick here. Like I said, Young was probably the closest sort of out and out wide player for my left side to really challenge him. But yeah, it, it, it's no real comparison. I Joe Cole is, for all intents and purposes for this team, a left-sider. I mean, that's kind of where he got shoved out to for England, wasn't it? Um, but I think his, his, he was always better as a number 10. Long Premier League career, 56 caps, 10 goals for England. That was not a bad return, actually, for him. When you consider he was never really, like, sort of a, an obvious starter for England. Um, obviously had a little spell in France, but yeah, three Premier League titles, did very well with, with Chelsea and... To be fair, Liverpool, um, a couple of FA Cups, uh, another one who actually got into a team of the year. So, you know, he's he was a very talented player, but maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a trend with this team that like there was always someone a little bit better around at the same sort of time as him. And yeah, so that may be where we missed out a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, Joe Cole's a weird one, isn't it? Because in my head, he is a left-sider. But that's probably because for both England and Chelsea... He kind of got pushed out there like even for mm. chelsea i mean i guess chelsea maybe sometimes he did play as a sort of in the midfield three but i remember a lot of him playing kind of from that left hand side with maybe duff or robin on the other side uh probably duff more so but yeah i remember him mainly for chelsea playing out, out wide so maybe it's one of those where he um wasn't quite you know as as the transition happened in football and we moved away from four four two into a more sort of like 4-3-3 kind of idea. Maybe that didn't necessarily suit him massively well. And, you know, especially at Chelsea, when they had the players that they did, you know, you think about the midfield, like Lampard and Essien and Balak, hard for him to play in in the centre midfield, in a centre midfield free with, with, when you've got those players.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the only other name I had that I'm going to mention, because there are other ones that are mainly sort of not worthy of mention, um, mm-hmm. But I'll mention Mason Mount, who you mentioned previously, obviously a current player. I've stuck him on the left because, you know, who knows what Mason Mount's actual position is. He can play as a 10, he can play as a center midfielder, probably play on the right. But I stuck him on the left. Obviously had, a like you said, a loan spell at Vitessa, but um, potentially one to watch, but not really. Even, you know, on the level of the likes of Joe Cole yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the only one I really think is probably worth mentioning is Lee Sharp, who had a very oh, short yeah. loan spell in Italy, I think it well. Like I said, he it, it, it. It's as much as I like. Like Lee Sharp, I don't think he was, he's is ever sort of like on the on the sort of like level of, of Joe Cole and Ashley Young. But good, good player, talented. Ex Torquay, obviously that helps. um But yeah, so it's it, it, he's another left sider who. Well, to be fair, maybe could have been even more competition at left back. He could play a bit more defensively. But yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah I mean I didn't have him again probably a bit before my time but um by all all accounts, a very talented player who was usurped at United by an even more talented player um, <laughs> and that possibly didn't help his career um again maybe one as well who was a bit of a a bit of a party animal and um that may have also had negative effects on his career. <laughs> So shall we move into finishing the team off with our forwards? I'm interested to see with who you've gone for here because for me I almost like had this decided before I even really looked into it.
0: Yeah, this this again like like centre midfield this was one where English players seem to transfer over quite well into European leagues. There's a lot of good options. I'll go with maybe the most obvious one. Um, and that's Ian Rush. Yep. Obviously, we spoke about him a lot in our, our Wales episodes. Um, played over in Italy. Um, 73 caps, 28 goals. Obviously, that ratio is a little bit down on, you know, for, for having played for Wales during the period where they weren't as, you know, as, as, I don't want to say good as they are now, but, like, you know, they're, 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 they, they qualified for two European Championships in a row. Like, Wales in the 80s and 90s, you wouldn't expect to do that. Obviously, started off in... in yeah, the Football League. You won five of those um, and then played in, in the Premier League for a few seasons. A few FA Cups, League Cups, uh, European Cups, five team of the Years, a player of the year, the only player, I think, from the British Isles to win a European golden boot. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the, the few players who probably is the sort of archetype number nines and, yeah, d- d- sort of universally appreciated for being... A very good striker. To put alongside him in almost I don't want to say the number ten role, but maybe that sort of supporting strike or whatever, that, that kind of position, um, the, the legwork man uh was, was difficult for me. <sighs> yeah, I ultimately settled on Michael Owen actually. Um interesting. Yeah, yeah, it, it like I said, there was there was quite a few options, but obviously Michael Owen it's his know yeah, his spell with Real Madrid. Almost seems a bit ill-fated, but I think that's one of those ones that gets a little bit underappreciated. Yeah. He was actually pretty good with what you know what he did there in the time. Was actually pretty impressive. I think his goals per goals per minutes ratio was actually the best in La Liga when he yeah. was there. It's just that he didn't play a huge amount because you had players like Ronaldo and Raúl and Figo and Zidane and Beckham. You know, is yeah. It, it was it, that was the Galacticos team. He was he was almost uh, being in, in those surroundings. Um, but when you look at what he actually did there, his successor at Real Madrid, obviously a successor at Liverpool, did it right with Newcastle, I guess. Then I mean, he, he put on the shirts of Man United and Stoke, I guess, didn't he? Um, yeah, won, won a Premier League with us. Fair enough for you if, if you have to go to Man United to win a Premier League title by me FA Cup three League Cups UEFA Cup uh, the one who got into Team of the Year Player of the Year Um I don't know. <laughs> we mentioned this last, last we George Weyer like sort of how can you not include the only African player to win a ballon d'Or like, yeah I mean other English players have won a ballon but like he's the only one who's notably done it recently for, for, for us again probably just because he had a, a good season rather than necessarily being the best player in the world but yeah like, like i say young michael owen was i think it's more of his sort of recent more more recent bits of his career have maybe sort of undermined how good he was when he was younger obviously he had plenty of, of injuries which were a, a killer to to what could have been um but i think obviously when when we look at this team we we say they don't have to have had the best player in the premier league and I, I think that maybe also translates into they don't have to have had the best overall career. Maybe just how good they were at certain stages and, and at their prime is is a, an argument for including a player over someone else who has maybe been more consistent but at a, a, a lower level. And I think Prime Michael Owen is is one of the best strikers of Premier League's seen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I obviously you know I think Michael Owen was a terrific player early on in his career, obviously. He was one that did, what was, what was the term I used earlier with Mika Richards, burst onto the scene, you know, with, yeah, England, with, first. <laughs> yeah, with England, with um, Liverpool, scored a lot of goals, you look at his record for Liverpool, it's better than one in two, explosive pace, um, and po- possibly that was part of the problem, was that his hamstrings just couldn't take how quick he was, um, <laughs> but yeah, you're right, when he moved to Madrid, um, a bit of a surprise for a lot of people, but he did very well there. I mean, 16 goals in 45 games, but bearing in mind that he didn't start most of those games, a lot of them he was coming on as a substitute, you know, he was in the same squad as uh, Brazilian Ronaldo, who, again, is another one that maybe people don't remember as well because of him kind of tailing off at the end of his career, but he was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when, when your second string to Brazilian Ronaldo... I mean, you know, there's no shame in that. And, you know, Owen, I think, had a very very positive reputation in Madrid. He then obviously moved back to Newcastle where he he did well when he played, Mm. but the injury started to creep in. He joined United in a bit of a shock move and did score a last-minute winner against City and a hat-trick in the Champions League. (laughs) And a goal, I think, in a League Cup final. I think he scored a goal in the League Cup final. Um, Maybe. But regardless, when he played, he generally did okay for United. But I did want to see an interview of him in recent times claiming that he felt the reputation he had as uh, sort of injury prone striker was a bit unfair. I don't really think it is, um, considering someone of his talent, you know, I mean, when did he, at what age did he come back and join Newcastle? And it was really, from that point on, his career was kind of done you
0: know he wasn't yeah i don't think he was the wrong side of 30 let's put it that way he wasn't no i think he was possibly
1: like not even 27 yeah Um, yeah so he you know like we've said with lots of other players it's a real shame that um injuries did that to him because like he said he was an absolutely outrageous talent and that's obviously why he won a ballon d'or and a premier league player of the year and two golden boots and you know a young player of the year and all these things Obviously, one of England's top scorers as well, with 40 goals in um, 89, 89 caps. I did go for Mark Hughes as my option alongside him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> kind of because this is the combination we went for with our Wales team, and I just felt like it was such a good combination in terms of like style of play. Yeah, um, yeah. Like Hughes, obviously, again, we talked about quite a lot um, with the Wales team could play a midfield again not an amazing strike rate at international level but probably part of that was cuz he could play in midfield as well but obviously a very influential man united player not necessarily a goal scorer again versatile but um you know a, a really a really talented and sort of i guess inspirational player to to play alongside you hear a lot of um players who who did play with him in his time at united or or you know i guess chelsea or other clubs he played at during those times Talk about, you know, how sort of how much of a leader he was and what a personality he was. He did win two PFA Players of the Year, um, four PFA Team of the Years, uh, Man United Player of the Year, and a Chelsea Player of the Year. So no Ballon d'Ors, but he also did play for Barca and Bayern. Yeah, a, a really tough choice because for me, Michael Owen, and like I know we shouldn't necessarily pick a team that we we've perhaps sometimes come unstuck in picking teams that would actually work as teams where we'd maybe left someone out who should have got in. But I felt that Mark Hughes, Michael Owen wasn't convinced of, you know, if it had been Brazilian Ronaldo and Ian Rush as the choice is over Mark Hughes and Ian Rush, I would have gone Brazilian Ronaldo and Ian Rush. But I don't (laughs) think Mike Owen was quite good enough to make me go, well, I'm going to, Put him in, even though he's not necessarily the best partner for Ian Rush. Um, yeah, I guess in a similar way, maybe with Ince and uh, Gascoigne in midfield, I felt like it was better to go for kind of like one of each type. Um, yeah. So I yeah, went. That, I went I mean, that's
0: just, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. That's why I kind of precursed my own thing was saying that he was like the second striker, that, like because I think both of us were always going to go Ian Rush and someone, right? Yeah. It was. It was just trying to figure out who so yeah i mean like yeah you 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 argue Hughes went for as kind of like my bench option um it was de- definitely those three uh the, the real ones in consideration i'm i'm happy for a tactical switch here in, in the same case as Ince to to have you know the, the the welsh duo um if if that's you know you, you want to argue point i i yeah totally respect that and I, yeah i i, I just wanted to make the case let in a it that way
1: <laughs> yeah i mean you know definitely again similar maybe to beckham maybe similar to like players like joe hart where they're almost maybe not remembered as they should be um definitely i think michael owen is perhaps underappreciated now probably doesn't help that he joined united There's <laughs> <laughs> not even liverpool fans will stick up for him now um yeah. <laughs> the only other name i had really and you might have had a few more um was daniel sturridge who um i think currently or at least more recently, he was in Turkey. Hmm. I think it was Turkey. I can't pronounce the name. Uh, um, Trabzonspor?
0: Trabzonspor, yes, yeah, that's the one, yeah.
1: Um, but obviously, uh, 26 caps, for 8 goals for England. Um, at one point, he was looking like potentially being the next chief goal scorer for England, you know. Hmm. Um, fantastic partnership at Liverpool with Suarez. Um, you know, 160 appearances, 67 goals for Liverpool was looking really good. And then I think he had a couple of injuries and he struggled to get back to where he was. And then, um, you know, he sort of had, I think he had a loan spell at West Brom and things just kind of fell off the rails for him. Um, But worth mentioning, I thought, because he was a, and also, I mean, Harry Kane came along from an England point of view. but worth mentioning, I, I felt, you know, again, a player with quite a lot of talent who maybe we didn't see the best of but there's no denying, you know, he he did have that talent. You know, he he did know how to find the back of the net. And he was quite a good all-round player as well. He could sort of play in a couple of different positions. So worth a mention, but you know, not on the level of the strikers we've discussed, definitely.
0: Yeah, um, I did have a few better ones in storage in consideration, I'll be honest, as my other options. Trevor Francis, obviously someone we mentioned, was it our sort of under ten appearances? Obviously, he only had a short spell in the Premier League, much more player. Before that time, um, played in Italy, um, three team of the years, you know, two European Cups. Again, is one of those ones who was before our time, and it, yeah, e- e- even with like Hughes and Rush being before our time, they're players who I think are looked on with much more, uh, you know, as being better than Francis. I'd say other other ones are are more recent ones. Um, Teddy Sheringham had a short spell in Sweden
1: oh yeah not a
0: bad little player uh you know another one who won a player of the year golden boot um apparently won a champions league can't remember when that was um a few premier league titles yeah obviously you know a a brilliant striker for england and tottenham and man united and i mean colchester the end of it it, yeah he, he played well into his 40s and i think he may even still be the the record oldest goal scorer in premier league history like I say, with, with, with like the, you know, pick, picking a player who had a, a few peak seasons over maybe somebody who was considered, like, I, I I still think of Owen being a more talented striker than Sheringham, even though Sheringham could be more successful and long-lasting career. So that's like, that's the argument there. Um, uh, Les Ferdinand was another one who um, had a short spell in Turkey, um, another one who played for many different Premier League teams and did well wherever he went, really. Team of the year. Another one actually won a player of the year. Maybe that was another fans player or writers or whatever. But like, yeah, nothing to, you know, nothing to turn your nose about at all. Yeah, there, there was quite quite a few strikers, let's be honest. But I, I think those were the the best best of the bunch um, to at least challenge for a, a team where one of those three that we already mentioned who we're always going to be in it, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I actually hadn't thought about Teddy Sheringham, which is a really good shout. And actually, if we're talking about sort of like tactically, Teddy Sheringham would, would be a pretty good partner, I think, for um, I mean, Ian Rush or Michael Owen. You know, definitely that kind of player who can play a bit deeper. Um, you know, I, I always thought he was maybe not underappreciated, but maybe a little bit underappreciated Teddy Sheringham for sort of like the technical ability that he did have. But yeah, maybe not quite on the level of the likes of Hughes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, probably not on the level of the likes of Hughes, Owen, and um, and Rush, especially if you're talking about like Michael Owen at his peak. Okay, well, you know, let's go through and decide on our team, and we'll sort of decide on the bench options as we go. So, goalkeeper Joe Hart, we were both agreed with that. Mm-hmm. Right back, Kieran Trippier, again, both agreed. Yeah. Centre backs. Um, we both agreed on Johnny Evans, but it's Des Walker or Jonathan Woodgate. And I think here, I'm happy to go with you. Maybe Jonathan Woodgate, if it hadn't been for the injuries, could have made more of a, more of a go for this team. But um, Mm. I think going for Des Walker alongside Johnny Evans, I think that's that's fair enough. Uh, Left back, Ashley Cole. Not really a discussion there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, So in terms of our, our bench for goalkeepers and, and, defenders goalkeepers i guess david james would make sense
0: yeah yeah for me he's probably i mean both height and skill head and shoulders above the the others we really looked at
1: and um defense i mean jonathan woodgate i can't see many other better contenders for for the bench
0: yeah i mean i mean smaller than die i guess and maybe more Versatile, because I mean Dark obviously play right back. Same as small, like, but yeah, I think Woodgate is probably the better all-round defender than everyone else we we had.
1: So in midfield, the wide midfield options are really easy. We had Beckham on the right, Bale on the left. Mm-hmm. In midfield, Gascoigne was in there, um, yeah. <laughs> but it was Ince or uh, Hoddle. Personally, I feel we should go with Ince just but to have a bit of balance.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm, like in, in, who I, I bench. So yeah, I'm happy for the tactical uh, side of, of football to to play out here, and, and Hoddle can be our impacts of.
1: So, yeah, so <laughs> Hoddle on the bench in that case, and then up front, what do you want to do? I mean, I'm. You made a uh, uh, I think a good argument for Owen, so I don't really mind either way whether we stick with Hughes and Owen, Hughes and Hughes and Rush. Sorry, or go with Owen and Rush. i um, I'm kind of open to your suggestions here.
0: I think because we're meant to be doing a Brits Abroad and we so far literally only have, like, two Welsh players in, I think we go for Hughes just for parity's sake. Like, I I think we've we've only mentioned, like, we've got a Northern Irish defender, but, like, Scotland's only got a couple of mentions in passing. So, let's make it a Brits 11 for, like, you know, for what we're doing. I I think Hughes and Owen on the bench.
1: (laughs) So, that means our team looks like this. So, we've got Joe Hart in goal. Kieran Trippier at right back with Jonathan, Wood- not with Jonathan Woodgate. I'm just reading out my team. Um, sorry. So we've got Joe Hart in goal. Uh, Kieran Trippier at right back. Des Walker and Johnny Evans at centre back with Ashley Cole as left back. Uh, David Beckham on the right of midfield with Paul Gascoigne and Paul Lintz in the centre of midfield and Gareth Bale on the left. And Mark Hughes and Ian Rush up top um, with a bench of David James, Jonathan Woodgate, Glenn Hoddle. And Michael Owen, so a very strong team. Yeah, um, yeah, not bad. To be fair, captain for you?
0: I, I, yeah, I, uh, I mean Beckham obviously captain England probably for the longest of everyone that we've we've spoken about. So but that's.
1: I think I go with Beckham. I mean, I, I reckon Hughes could probably be a captain. You know, Inks. got quite a few. <laughs> yeah, Ashley Cole probably, but I think Beckham is the one I most associate with with captaincy. So I think that's fair. Yeah. Bad shout. All right. What? I, is it my choice or your choice? For, it's for your next? choice
0: because obviously this was a, a one with loads of provisos this week, wasn't it? So it was me being awkward. Uh, so you can you can pick okay. next, next one.
1: So I think we're going to go back to I think nationalities. So since our Euros, we've done what we've done: Argentina and um, Africa. Yeah, yeah. So I think it makes sense to move on to the other South American giants of uh, Brazil. <laughs> interesting because maybe some of the players like brazilian ronaldo um <laughs> who you automatically think of when you think of brazil won't be in this team um yeah, Cafu, sure. roberto carlos you know rivaldo Kaka, Ronaldinho. Yeah, Ronaldinho, yeah. marcelo
0: the best uh best products never actually really came to, to england yeah. did they? some good ones did some good ones you know, it's did. not going to be a bad team but i don't think yeah. it
1: will be a bad team i ironically <laughs> i think it might be like quite an un-brazilian team because i think there'll be a lot of the players who perhaps don't take the spotlight. You know, the hard-working, sort of, like, industrious players. Um, yes, yeah. All that all may the the field, <laughs> yes, maybe enable the likes of Ronaldinho can play their game because of these players. Um. Yes, yeah. So I think I think that will be interesting. And then we'll have to think future. I mean, maybe we could do a, a non-Brazilian and Argentinian South American eleven at some point.
0: Yeah, I think we might have to do a, a, a few combined ones when we get to... I don't want to say lesser nations but ones who haven't had as many Premier League players we might have to try and combine a few more just to to get a good team together so yeah we'll combine South America maybe even combine North America we'll we'll see
1: we'll, we'll see how many we get for South America yeah. <laughs> I reckon you'd get you know you'd get you know Forlan Cavani Suarez Lobby Solano yeah.
0: <laughs> Sanchez
1: Quad- Quadrado
0: Quadrado yeah yeah James now
1: yeah yeah. Lots of good attacking players. Um, yeah,
0: and David David Ospina in gold and was sorted. <laughs> any
1: defenders.
0: Yeri yeah, Mina, he's Colombian. yeah,
1: Yeri yeah, Mina.
0: Might be it though, but yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, it, it, to be it's Uruguayans. better to put a
0: team together with those anyway rather than just just Colombians or just Chileans, you know. So yeah. We
1: had Uruguayans, I think, when we did our um, under ten appearances. So I'm pretty sure we, right. um, we did actually. Yeah, good. <laughs> okay, well, thank you everyone for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this, un- perhaps slightly unusual selection today. We'll be back, you know, in in a week or two, maybe with with a Brazilian eleven, and I hope you'll join us there. Thanks, thanks very much for listening.
0: Thanks for listening, and uh, join us next time for Brazil.